This is the True North Collective podcast, a gathering of unsugarcoated conversations on wellness created by the real-life documentation of everyday humans fearlessly finding their true north. Welcome to Season 1, Episode 3. Hey guys, I'm Janelle Reisner, a certified fitness instructor and personal trainer, an entrepreneurial badass, and a recovering sugar addict. Hello, I'm Rachel Bilotti. I am a life and mindset coach, a free-spirited entrepreneur, a road trip junkie, and unicorns are my spirit animal. We are the hosts of the True North Collective podcast. So what is up? Well, like I said earlier, it is very cold here in Dallas. And we don't really know what to do. (laughs) I mean, I know what to do. Because if it was 35 and I was living in Milwaukee, I'd be fine. But considering that it was 85 yesterday, I'm like, what's happening? It's 35 degrees. so crazy. (laughs) Yeah. And then everyone's getting snow everywhere right now, too. I'm, like, looking on everyone's Instagram stories. And they're like, oh, we had 14 inches of snow. I'm like, what? Yeah. Everywhere. Not even, like, well, we don't really have any snow here anymore, which is awesome. But I know I have, like, an old colleague that works in Colorado now. And, yeah, they got, like, overnight 14 inches of snow. I'm like, I think it's April – seventh yeah that's crazy (laughs) no No, we did get we got snow today or not today this week too which was obnoxious and I just decided I wasn't gonna go outside I kind of just give up when weather gets like that (laughs) like not going anywhere I'm just gonna pretend it's not happening (laughs) I'm actually wearing flip-flops right now so wait I don't get it complete denial Oh. I'm just wearing flip-flops. I, <laughs> I mean, I haven't gone outside, but I'm at my place, and I just walked downstairs. So I was like, I'm going to put flip-flops on, pretend yeah. it's summer. Yeah, I definitely have been watching you guys get snow and been so happy that it's so warm here. But, mm-hmm. yeah, it's pretty nice. I'm not going to lie. No. Yeah, I'm jealous of that because, yeah, it's just been April and March. Cruddy. Yeah. But- I live in Chicago and when that happened it was like I didn't have any expectations until it was May like yeah. end of May mm-hmm. so it was smart. just like oh, it's not May yet so you know <laughs> that's probably a good approach because yeah. I just feel like come March I'm like alright I'm ready for some sunshine like just give me like a 55 60 degree day please mm-hmm. no alright and then always Patty's comes around and it's like so warm on that day or something random on around that week and you're getting all your hopes up and it just never stays. No, it does not. (laughs) So I have a story for you, Rachel. Yeah. And I don't know, we might have to edit this entire thing out, but I'm going to tell it to you anyway. (laughs) But okay. So I have a story for you. When I was flying out for my interview, remember I told you I had a story? Yeah. Oh yeah. And I just have to tell you, it's such a good story. I forgot about it. So like I said, maybe we edited it out, but I wanted to tell you. Um, so I'm at the airport and Amy, a little background, I was interviewing for a job out in California and I didn't tell anyone for my work. Obviously I just left. <laughs> and so, um, I'm at the airport sitting there waiting to get on my plane and lo and behold, who was on my plane? Uh, a coworker. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm sitting at the airport at the gate and they're like, Janelle. And I was like, oh shit. <laughs> And then she just like, so it's one of our coworkers, 
Um, and, you know, she looks at me and she's like, are you okay? And I was like, I like, didn't even know what to say. I was like, I'm such a bad liar. <laughs> and um, she's like, and luckily my flight was going to Phoenix because that's where my layover was. And she's like, oh, are you going to go visit your boyfriend? And I was like, yeah, because my boyfriend's out in Phoenix. That's exactly what I'm doing. And she's it's like, did something happen? Because I like, I don't know. I must have looked like completely shocked. <laughs> like, and I was like, no, no. I mean, we're fine. But I was like, I don't really tell anyone I'm doing this. So if you can, you know, keep it on the DL, <laughs> you know. And so anyway, they're on my flight, of course. So when I get off the plane, I'm like, I freaking book it. Because I was at the front of the plane and they were in the back. And I was like, I'm booking it off this plane because I didn't want them to see me not going to baggage yeah. claim. You know, because I was like, I have another flight to catch. And so I like hustle, hustle, hustle. I like sit down at my gate again and I get a freaking tap on the shoulder. No. It's them. No. Oh, my God. And she's like, they're like, oh, I thought. I thought you just said. Oh, my God. I was like, I don't know how to use it in an airport. Where's baggage claim? But then I was like, no, I had to tell you. So, I mean, they bought me a drink and I had to like spilled the truth but I'm like are you kidding me oh, like my god. I was like I don't even know what to say anymore I was like you totally <laughs> caught me up a lie like and uh, what are the chances because their gate was right next to mine and I was in Phoenix like which is a massive airport and I actually had to switch like what area I was in like I don't know I got in at like an A gate and I had to go all the way to like a C gate oh my and their god. gate was still next to mine and Shut I was like up. what is this so yeah I totally, totally got caught in my lie. So that was my like story that I was like, I can't believe this just happened. Oh my I god! Know. I wish I could have right. seen your face. I know. I'm sure like they were probably like, thought I was like, stop, 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 stop. Yeah, that's been, I was like, eh. all right. Well, I lied. <laughs> I I I lied. Clearly, that was a lie. I lied. Oh my god, that's so amazing. <laughs> like a kid caught doing something wrong. I was like, are you? kidding me but it was pretty funny I mean if, out of all the people co-workers to run in at the yeah. airport too is like a good person to run into that I was like well at least this won't be an issue because yeah I'm sure there's some other people that I could have ran into that I'm like well um <laughs> cat's gonna be out of the bag but at least I know you know she can keep a secret so I was yeah. like well that's nice at least but <laughs> oh my god yeah, nice. so anyway I had to share that story because it was way too funny not to so anyway back to it I love it, it. I love that was it. my a long story. <laughs> um, so are you, how are you feeling with everything? And um, so Janelle just took a job, right? Did you officially accept it? Mm-hmm. Oh, you did? Yeah. Congrats. Yeah. yeah, I filled out my paperwork yesterday and party last night. I don't party and I feel like garbage today. <laughs> Sorry, Matt. But uh, no, I'm excited, but they just pushed, well, you got that text, but they pushed yeah. my start date up. A lot earlier than I wanted it to be, so I just feel like I literally leave in three weeks. Wow, <laughs> crazy! Um, I'll be I'll be a trainer for a software company out in California. Uh, I'll be out there living the slow life. That's what they call it. Um, good luck with that. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. All right. So anyway. Just to catch you up. Amy, I you can't tell we haven't talked in a while, so uh, yeah. at least not over the phone or Skype. So Yeah, a few, it's been a lot. A few big life-changing things to bring up. <laughs> <laughs> changes. Yeah, it's exciting. Yeah, just everything. My mom's like, because we were talking about my boyfriend and I, because he's going to move in with me too. My mom's like, 
well, if you guys are going to, like, buy a place, how does that work? You're not married. Maybe you should just elope. And I'm like, yeah, mom, sure. Oh, my I'm going to move across country, sell my condo, buy a new house, get a new job. Oh, and I'll just elope with my boyfriend. Yeah. Let's just do it all in three weeks. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds awful. Like, Why the hell not, mom? <laughs> Let's do it. Oh my, my god! My dad's go ads in. He's on the phone and he's like, "You could just get pregnant while you're at it." And I'm like, oh "Okay, no." <laughs> that actually, Rachel, sounds exactly what I did. I know. <laughs> there you much. go. That's a great segue. There we go. So, leading into that, <laughs> let's introduce Amy. Um, okay, no, but seriously, I am going to introduce Amy because she's been talking and she's rad. Um, and I'm so excited for you, Janelle. So thank you for sharing all that stuff. Thank you. Yeah. Congrats. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, so Amy Weber, I know her as Amy Peters, Peters for short. Um, she is like my dearest friend ever. She was the first person I, well, not the first person I met at college, but like the second person. But the first person that I like basically was like, you're as weird as me. Let's hang out. Um so we've known each other for like, I think we calculated 17 years, which is crazy. Um, Amy, what's that? A long time. A long time. Long. Yeah. <laughs> so Amy now lives in Ogallala, Nebraska, which is just shy of 5,000 people. Um, it is a shrinking town, which she informed me of. I didn't realize there was actually a coined phrase for that. Um, but her and her husband, Justin, own a dental practice, Weber Family Dentistry. They have two kids. Um, and what's really cool about Amy living in this small town is um, I never really, like, I don't think that was necessarily the destination or, like, the the, you know, the focal point of where she was trying to head at least when I met you in college um, and it's been a really wild ride to get to that point but you just seem so grounded and happy and kind of have found your place in this shrinking town um, and you're up to some really cool things there so I'm excited to share a story of somebody that I've seen kind of take life by what is the phrase? I was going to say by the throat, but that's really aggressive. Um, by the horns. By the horns, that's it. by the horns. <laughs> um, but take life by the horns and kind by of... By the throat. By the throat. <laughs> um, but it's so awesome to see someone take life by the horns no matter what's thrown at you. And, you know, I think sometimes even in this, the episodes we've recorded so far and we've really looked for people who have like taken these big leaps of faith and like, you know, dropped everything and ran across the country or started something from scratch and taken this big risk. And I think risk sometimes gets defined as these like bigger, bigger like moments that are against the grain. But I think it's really important to acknowledge the big, um, big moves of like starting a family and, choosing to quote unquote settle down because there's a lot of adventure in that too. So I'm excited to share Amy's journey of getting there. So welcome, Amy. Thank you. That was such a nice introduction. <laughs> okay, good. I was like winging it. <laughs> no, welcome, welcome. So Amy, why don't you start by just telling us a little bit about yourself? Rachel gave you this beautiful introduction, but if you want to add, you know, how did you get where you are? Like, what are you currently up to? Where did your journey start? Yeah, um, gosh, I guess it would have to start, you know, I got divorced. God, I wonder what, how old, I think Rachel and I were talking about it. I think I was 29. 
Um, when I was going, when I was getting divorced, I had gotten married at 26 with a um, guy who I had been with for 10 years. No, not that long. It was seven years. Um, I'd been with him for seven years, and, and um, we finally got married at 26 because I had said, you know, if we're not going to do this. Like, I'm just going to move on. We finally got married, and, um, yeah, I went through divorce three years afterwards. So um, that kind of propelled everything for me. So um, I lived in Chicago um, for 10 years. There I lived for there for 10 years after I graduated college. Um, I had lived there, um, and that's kind of where everything – started and ended <laughs> what's cool what's cool aim i i just i remember back then that you were you know you were like in this job that you loved and you were climbing your way to this manager and leadership role and like i don't know you just ha- it seemed like everything was together from the outside looking in um and so i think for a lot of us when we found out that that wasn't actually where your heart was anymore it was kind of crazy to hear um you know it's so funny because I had um we had a lot of strong women at the I worked for Crate and Barrel and um, we had a lot of strong women and a lot of role models that I had um in that environment and I met with one of my favorite people and she was like Amy what do you what do you do on the weekends because I was so it was actually a problem and I was proposing you know how I wanted to fix um, the stores that I was working in and I really had these big ideas of things I wanted to change and she was like Amy what what do you do for fun I was like uh no work work I work for fun (laughs) and it was this, this big moment where I was like whoa what is my life and what am I doing and and I, I, I told Rachel this earlier, but I felt like for so long I built my confidence around um, my job and really what that was. And when I figured out, oh, my job doesn't define who I am, that's kind of what propelled all this change for me. Yeah, that's big. And I think so many people have that too, whether it be their job or they're an athlete and they sort of have that one thing that they feel like this is the person I am. I'm the athletic person or I'm, yeah, the successful business person. And they just kind of hold on to that. But then they forget that there's so many levels to who we are and, you know, what what our life is about. So that's awesome that you were able to do that. Because I think a lot of people have a hard time connecting and actually seeing that. Why don't you give us like a snapshot of like, what was life like in Chicago? So, like, just to start out, you were working at Crate and Barrel. Obviously, you were really focused on your career. You know, what did that everyday life look like? <laughs> Pretty much you get up around 5. I go to yoga at 6. I have yoga from 6 to 7. I shower, get to work by 8. And then I was um, – I was the manager, the general manager of, it was just a really big store in Chicago. Um, I think it was the third largest crate and barrel in the nation. So it was just intense. You know, you're managing over 150 people and um, you, you got to be on. And, um, you know, people are looking up to you and looking at you every step of the way. So 
you know, it didn't really end until I walked out of the door. And even when I walked out the door, you know, it still happened because life happens um, in that, you know, you were dealing with people who um, may not have the best situations at home and you're almost life coaching them, mm-hmm. you know, as you're also running a business, which it, it's challenging. So it just kind of never really ends. Yeah, managing people, I always say, I'm like, I'll do it, but if I don't have to do it, I'm okay with that. <laughs> Sounds great. Sounds that's fantastic. Why you, that's Go why you ahead, found Grace. me, Janelle. Yeah, <laughs> that is true. <laughs> I was like, I need to manage a few less people. All right, Rachel, you like these things. I don't. See you later. Um, <laughs> you just, yeah. you just life coach them out, but mm-hmm. awesome. So when you were living that, you know, life in Chicago, do you, what was your mindset around that? Like, do you feel like you were present in what you were doing? Was it more just you're waking up and things were happening and you weren't taking a step back? Did you feel like you were happy? Um, you know, I think I was so focused on the work at one point, um, so much. It just really making the store the best it could be. Um, it was such a tough environment in terms of the store location and the demographics around it and the amount of money it would bring in, um, that it was such a challenge. And then finally, when I felt like it got to a good place, it was kind of like, all right, I got this thing going, everything's good. And I would still dig for things to fix, you know, and it was almost like, all right, I'm keep digging and I'm just not happy. Um, you know, I, I love what I do, but, you know, there's still things to change. And I, I don't know, I, um, at some point, I just, like I said, I had that conversation and I just was like, wait a second, what do I do that's fun um, for myself? Um, yeah, so I just kind of came up to this point and I, and I pretty much at that point had changed everything you know I and I I wasn't sure what the correct thing was to change and I started kind of getting outside myself a little bit more um really talking to people I I think at what I mean with Crate and Braille you know you what you see in the store is you see couples Mm -hmm. and you see families and I started looking around at all these people and being like okay I like this relationship I love these two people together they're so much fun and then I'd be like oh they're not a good I look at another couple oh that's not a good couple this is not gonna last and it's so funny because I was like wait I was in a relationship (laughs) with someone that i didn't you know it was just that I was like oh they're not a good couple something about them isn't fun and something about them isn't lighthearted and I you know I started to kind of picture what I wanted in a relationship and it wasn't what I had Mm. so so aim when you started to realize like oh shoot I have lost myself in First, I think it was the question from your mentor of like, what do you do for fun? Like, where am I in this life picture? And then from that space, it kind of opened you up to seeing, you know, the things that were in front of you that you started asking yourself, like, do I like this? Do I not like this? Which happened to be relationships. So now you're here and you're like, okay, I don't really know if this is me anymore. And maybe that's it. You know, this is me anymore. What, what then? You know, I, it was like all of a sudden 
I was awake and it, you know, it was like, I was determined to make the change. Mm. I, I had told him, you know, I, I don't know if I'm happy. And I, I remember specifically the moment it was that he was in grad school so he would work I mean he worked and then he went to grad school and then he came home and it was like a nine o'clock at night um and I was sitting on the couch and I was just crying Mm -hmm. and he was like what what's wrong and I was like you know I just gotta I got we gotta get out of here like we gotta get out of this house and he was like okay and I was like let's just drive and he was like okay so we just got in the car and we just drove for a really long time. And at that point, I just said, you know, I, I don't think I can do this anymore. Mm-hmm. And he, he at first wouldn't take me seriously. And um, the more I got this idea of what I wanted, the more I couldn't go back. And it just kept propelling. Um, I made my decision. I stood by it. And I felt this need to be free and I don't necessarily be free and breaking up from him, but be free to be, you know, who I wanted to be. Um, and for some reason, it's sad to say, like, I couldn't vision him with me. Mm-hmm. So I just mm-hmm. felt like this needs to separate. I need to have this time for myself and go ahead. What's cool in this, and I don't know if you realize it, but what I'm hearing is this almost acknowledgement of, you know, you might have looked back on this time in your life and, you know, I've heard a lot of people say like this wasted time, but I don't hear you saying that. I hear you saying that it was necessary for you to be able to like experience that so you could know with, I mean, without that, you couldn't have gotten clear for yourself on what you did want. Like you had to go through every step of it to get, I don't know, pigeonholed or pigeonhole yourself or whatever it was. Somehow something got squeezed in that specific scenario so that your eyes could be opened to something different. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's so funny because I think I mentioned this to you earlier but I'd always assumed marriage. I, I'd always looked at my parents too, you know, for the longest time. That's what I. I, I assumed marriage was, is what my parents were. And I put that as myself. So, you know, I went through the same stuff that my parents went through. Like, that's kind of, and I almost married someone, you know, just like my father. But in the end, or I did marry someone just like my father. But in the end, it was, wait, that's not, that's not me. I am not my parents. I am myself. And what is that and what do I love and what am I seeking? So you're just kind of trying to um, change. I I was trying to recognize myself and um, not necessarily what my parents were. I would love to hear a little bit more about that process of really focusing inward and and finding this vision because obviously there was a big change in in what you envisioned your life being so you know, how did you get there? Was it through experiences? Was it through conversations? I'm sure it was a combination of a lot of things, but, um, you know, what did you have to sort of tap into to find that vision? And then kind of what was that vision when you were still in Chicago and you're like, I have this idea in my head that I want my life to be different. Like, what did that look like? You know, I think it was everything, (laughs) but Mm -hmm. I, I do, there was some specific things like, you know, I, um, I, you know, recognizing my own style and what, who 
but I was in this and that vision around it. Okay, what do I want? I want a place that you know he. We had lived in his place forever, and um, he had bought it when we were right before we got engaged, and um, it was like a, a loft and really cool like place. But it that wasn't me, and um, I just really envisioned this like light and bright airy spot that necessarily wasn't always new or updated or cool but just something like simple and I, I I wanted to decorate it myself and every you know it's so funny even buying furniture with my ex it was like everything had to be you know reasonable in terms of money everything had to be reasonable in terms of what it looked like let it be functional let it be rational everything was like that in it and I I'm not I'm not a rational person. <laughs> I'm a very emotional person and when I started to realize okay, I can buy something and have an emotion to that at that moment and I can I can purchase it and and not have a regret because it wasn't the right price or it wasn't the right um look at the time, you know, or maybe it just was in that moment that I liked that and I wanted to buy that. Um, it doesn't necessarily have to be thought out in a grandiose type of uh, process. And, you know, he was a finance guy, so it was just everything was, you know, thought through. Everything was planned out and you made the right decision um, when every all the boxes were checked off. And, you know, that that's not me. And I... Um, I think I recognized that through work um, when I would manage people, you know, it, I'd come up with a plan in terms of um, project management and trying to execute something and then all of a sudden, you know, someone would be ill or someone would have some kind of incident, you know, people would come into play and you had to change your plan and you had to evolve it and you had to grow with it. And when I started to realize I didn't have that own relationship with with my husband I was like okay that's not right so I think work was one yoga was definitely another um, you know the uh, just yoga in itself is one of those things where you have time for yourself to think for yourself to do things that you didn't even know were possible and um, I think that's another way that I was like okay like I can be flexible. I can be. I can do things that I never thought I could, um, and the strength that comes behind yoga um, with that. I, I think that was another way. Um, I had again support system from a lot of women, including my friends, um, as well as you know the people I worked with. Um, so I, I felt I felt good in that way, um, and then. I think due to those things was really what propelled me to say, okay, I'm going to leave and I'm going to, and I'm going to do this and I'm going to go through it. Um, I had also had a therapist at the time because I, I knew I needed someone to kind of help me along this process and really close out one end of me and begin another. And um, I went to a friend had recommended a therapist. And when I went to go see her, you know, I could just hear myself very, 
you know, she would help me be like, yes, you are, you are doing the right thing because this is what you're saying you want and you're doing it. And she took me, told me like the steps to take in terms of, um, you know, having that divorce and separation as the final outcome and how to do it appropriately, how to, um, you know, really tie off the ends and, and be okay with that. Um, so that was also an, another piece that was important. Aim, it sounds like all those things were helping you to be okay with yourself. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like the crux of it, it's like your f- support system and the yoga, like yoga, totally trusting yourself in whatever position you end up in. Um, and the therapist, like her telling you, this is right, you're, it's right because you want it and you're going to be okay. Um, and so it sounds like you surrounded yourself I've been talking a lot about how like sometimes my soul knows what it needs more than my brain does and that's what it kind of sounds like is like your soul kind of guided you to you know these areas and these support systems that allowed your brain to finally know I'm okay I'm okay as me and as sad as it was but during that time I mean I love my parents dearly but at that time they were so against it and you know they could not even they couldn't believe this was happening and I really I really had to convince them so they weren't a part of my support system during that time um which is sad but now they are but it's just during that it wasn't that I I was hated them or neglected them during that time it was just really constant conversations with them to try to get them to understand like no this is me and this is what's happening and this is what I'm doing um to try to get them to see who I really was so um yeah I totally agree so much so much trust in yourself through that process Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, it, it, it was hard it's really hard yeah. You know, I, I back even at the letter that I, I wrote to him to really, you know, the therapist had recommended I write this letter because maybe my verbal, um, what I verbally was saying wasn't getting through to him. So I remember I wrote like a four page letter of like, you know, why I had to do this and why we weren't going to work and to really kind of tell him and to justify like, okay, this is me and this is going to happen. Um, I look back at that and I was like, gosh, you know, it, I was so certain of myself and I just, at the time writing it, it didn't even feel that way. (laughs) Gosh, yeah. yeah. It sounds like as far as your obstacles or your roadblocks that sort of showed up while you were going through this process, I mean, a lot of it was outside pressure that was maybe clouding what internally was trying to come out, which I think a lot of us struggle with all the time. I mean, relating to expectations that your family puts on you and how they envision your life, whether, you know, it's well-intended or not, it's not necessarily what you want and finding a way, yeah, just to communicate that. Cause I think a lot of people can relate with that. And if you're breaking out of the expectations of your family because those are sort of the original expectations that are put on you, right? As a child, you most of what you experience in life is through the perspective of your parents and what they want you to see and and how they interpret the world and then share that with you. So then to really be able as an adult to take a step away from that and kind of break all of that away to really let 
who you are inside shine through. And I mean, that's so powerful. And I think a lot of people struggle with that every day. I know I do. So it's very relatable. I mean, I, I, we had a lot of, um, gay people who actually, I worked with a lot of gay people and I was like, gosh, you guys have had to struggle with this all, all your lives. Like, you know, you've tried to break away. So I'm like, gosh, you are so much stronger than, and I don't know if stronger is the right word, but so you could you could be who you are so much earlier, and I, I, I that's a generalization. Obviously, there's some people obviously who still struggle to come out to say that they're gay, but they they had to be convicted and you know who they are, and they've had to state that clearly. And that I mean is such a blessing that you know they're able to do that at um, at a young age or at an early age. Um, and to, you know, have parents support them on that. I mean, it was something that I would always say, you know, to some of my best gay, gay friends. It's just that it was so di- it was so eye opening for me that I had been a, sh- a shell of myself um, for so long and how I couldn't get there faster. But, you know, it just happens the way it does. Yeah. That's actually, yeah, it's an interesting perspective too. So talk a little bit about what that vision was. So you're going through this whole process, you're breaking things down. What was this vision in your head that you were, you know, just holding on to and staying convicted to as you moved forward to this new life that you were creating for yourself? Well, I felt like I really had to get out of Chicago. And um, as much as I love the city and what it brings, um, you know, it's, it's just a, it's a fast paced life and it doesn't stop. You're like a hamster in a wheel and it just keeps on going and going. And the corporate world within Chicago, as well as where I was, it, it was great and supportive for that time, but I knew I was ready to get out of there. Um, so that was kind of my vision where I wanted to go. I really had no idea. And I, um, I was thinking, okay, maybe I'll move to Denver, you know, the next big city. Um, And it wasn't until I met um, my husband now that I realized, okay, you know, the next big city is just exactly what I was just in. (laughs) So that's not what we want. And um, we kind of ventured around and did a a few, popped a few different places before we had settled down. But, really yeah the vision was okay we need a change and or I need a change and what is that gonna look like and what does that mean for us um so I I, that's kind of where I met my my now husband uh was kind of that change that vision of what we wanted and it was very similar so that's kind of how that came about Basically, sometimes in some conversations that I've been in lately, we talk about like when you get clear for yourself, then all of a sudden things start showing up. Um, And it's not necessarily the law of attraction, but I guess maybe you might call it that too. Um, So do you think that your vision came to life so much more quickly because you got clear for yourself of like what you wanted? Or do you think you were just really open and it happened to be that you met somebody who was also really open and you created something together or both or other. The latter. Um, you know, I was at the point when I met him, I was just going on dates and I was dating someone briefly before him. And, and um, 
he had invited me to like a concert in Chicago and I remember calling my mom and being like, mom, I just don't want to go. And she was like, my mom was like, don't go. Like, don't, if you don't want to go. So that, that moment was like, okay, I'm not going to go because I don't want to (laughs) go. And, um, I remember also, um, I went on a date with this guy because, well, with Justin, my husband now, but um, it was a moment where my therapist was like, you should date multiple guys. Like, just go out there and date multiple guys. And I was like, what? Like, you can date multiple guys at the same time? Like, uh, I love I that. <laughs> so, you know, when I refused to go on the date with that one guy and I had um, Justin, I had met him we had connected through my my work he came in to shop for some furniture and he emailed me afterwards and was talking about you know a couch later on did I know like he was gonna ask me out for a date and I had said to him and I was very just open like I at first I never responded um to the email and then three months later after I never responded to him I wrote him back and I said hey sorry for no response but I um, was going, I'm going through a divorce right now. You know, I'm, I'm I want to move all these things. So just FYI, I'm sorry, I never responded to you. But that's kind of what's going through my head. And he just responded right away and said, Well, you want to talk about it over some wine sometime? And I was like, Oh, <laughs> <laughs> so that's kind of where it all led. But yeah, it was just being open with myself and knowing that, okay, this is what I'm, this is who I am and I'm a blank slate and I'm totally damaged goods. And (laughs) you know what, what, if you want to go on a date with me, great, but this is what's going on right now. So, so cool. uh, Yeah. So it was kind of like both things like date multiple guys. So I reached out to this guy that, you know, hadn't reached out to me and I was trying to get away from this old guy was kind of dating and all that. So that's kind of where we met. And yeah, <laughs> now we're in Oklahoma. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say it sounds too like um, there's this phrase of one of my mentors where he said to me, "If it's not a hell yes, then it's a no." Which now has actually I see it all over the place. But it sounds like getting so true to yourself and like trusting what you were feeling. Like, yeah, this is my damaged and it's a no, but this other one's a hell yes. So I'm going to go for it and see what happens. It's a cool compass. Yeah, it really is. I think it's really cool too in relationships. And I can relate to that too. Like when you show up up, and like you said, you just show up and you're like, this is me. This is all my shit, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, take it or walk away. And when someone comes in and they're like, yeah, that's all cool with me. And, uh, you know, to really know each other and to be there for each other. And I think that's it's such a beautiful and honest way to build a relationship and can really just make you so much stronger because everything's out there. And, you know, that person, you let them know who you are and either they're going to accept it or they're not. And there's there's no middle ground. And that's you clearly just standing and, and stating your true north to whoever's dating you and like don't waste my time if you don't like what you see this is it right I am this hot mess I think I said that in email I'm a hot mess right now so (laughs) (laughs) but yeah (laughs) so yeah that I mean it that was what 
it was just such an aha moment for me, you know, just like such a breath of fresh air to be able to be like, this is what's going on. And we went on that date and yeah, it was wonderful. So we had the best time and gosh, we didn't stop from there. So (laughs) yeah, so let's continue the story. Like what, what happened then? You had a great date. You obviously eventually got married. Um, You know, where did this vision take you? Where did your future now current husband that relationship how did it get you to where you are today then well you know I had told him I was like I gotta get out of the city and I gotta get away from like this corporate life and he is a dentist and um he also it's funny he moved to Chicago not very long after he met me so um he moved there and quickly he realized when moving to Chicago with dentistry you know you either go into um corporate dentistry or you start a practice and for him starting a practice meant like okay I'm going to be in Chicago forever you know like because you're starting a practice you're building patients you don't want to leave them you know a few years in so he went corporate dentistry which is what most young people do out of dental school and you know he had a two-hour commute and and um that's awful. Yeah, and it, it was just, you know, he's grinding it out. And, you know, with with Chicago comes lots, lots of turnover. So you don't even see the same patients, you know, after a while. And that's not him. Like, if you know him, he's a very relationship-oriented person. Um, and we just both, you know, knew. I, I, I knew I needed to get out of there for that. But quickly he realized, okay, I don't like this either. And, um, you know, it's. It's just a grind, and you would get switched from you know one place to another, and then you have to relearn the patients again. It was just not the dentistry he wanted to do, um, so he quickly got to see what it was like as well. Um, so we we didn't know where we wanted to go, but we were like, he, you know, we both thought, okay, let's go to Denver, like let's let's try it, you know. So we had committed um, to after his rent was up. Um, that we would leave. And um, I lived with him for, for a few months because mine was up in May. And then, yeah, we left in July um, quickly afterwards and drove across the country. <laughs> and we we didn't have jobs, neither of us. <laughs> and we only had, um, I had all of his debt along with um, his grad school debt along with whatever I had left over in my bank account and we did it. So um, we just moved into a place and he, he kind of knew Denver because um, Ogallala is about three hours uh, uh, west of um, west of it. So he kind of knew it a little bit and he kind of knew where he wanted to live or where he thought we would like to live. Um, so we rented a place out there um, and we were going to get married the following, I guess, yeah, somewhere in there we got engaged. <laughs> and, um, minor and, details. Yeah, minor details. And um, we were going to get married in January after we moved there in September. And the whole idea was also his father was going to be gone um, from the practice for a few weeks. He And he didn't want shut down the practice so Justin was like you know what I'll if we move out to Denver um you know I'll just commute back and forth for those few weeks I'll cover my dad and then if he needs me a few times a week I'll I'll drive to Ogallala like that's not a big deal I do it all the time 
Um, so we lived in Denver and we would commute kind of back and forth while he would do a little bit of dentistry um, and us just trying to figure out what we wanted to do. And then we got married and we got pregnant. So <laughs> <laughs> all the things. And then, all right, we need to, once we were in Denver, we we're like, okay, this is just another big city and it's the same old story. So if we want to do corporate dentistry, we could do it again. Or if we wanted to start our own practice, you know, we could start it here if we want to. But what do we want our family life to look like? And with this baby in my belly, it was like, okay, we want time with each other and time with kids. And he, you know, going to Ogallala, it's like everything is a minute or a two minute drive or walk. And um, it's easy um, life, very slow life. Um, so as much of a grind as dentistry is, everything around it is slow so um it was it just I was I really wanted to move to Ogallala and just say because you know his dad had um not that he had told him he could have the business but um it was this practice was passed down from his grandpa so his grandpa was a dentist and his dad um obviously is a dentist and then um Justin for sure did not want to move here he didn't want to go back to his hometown, um, but he knew the type of dentistry that he wanted would only be really be able to do not in a big city. It would have to be somewhere small. Um, so after a few weeks of being here, he decided, okay, like I'll do it. Let's do it. So we moved here and been here ever since. What a journey. Mm -hmm. So many, <laughs> so many things, but that's, that's awesome. And it's awesome, you know, that you were both able to find a place and maybe an unexpected place from an outsider's perspective that actually really fit who you both were and what you wanted. Yeah. I mean, and it had to take all those things. We had to live in Chicago. Justin had to live in Chicago to realize what, what it would bring as much as the city is so cool and amazing. It was just, all right, you know, we had to do that together and we had to realize in Denver it was a similar thing. Um, and so, yeah, yeah that's kind of how we ended up here and we absolutely love it. Um, so it's a very slow life. <laughs> <laughs> so how do you, as somebody who is so driven and, um, you know, you do want to make a big impact in your life and now you're living in this much slower community with, you know, less than 5,000 people. And, um, you know, how do you stay inspired and motivated in, in that space where you might've otherwise thought like, it's way too slow. I'm going to be so bored, you know? Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, the business, what's so great about it is that, um, like you had said earlier, Janelle, like, Justin just wants to do the dentistry. Like he doesn't like the business aspect of it's not like he doesn't like it. He's really great at it, but he doesn't want to, you know, he's exhausted after the end of the day. And um he doesn't necessarily want to be inundated with all the insurance and the billing and stuff. So um, you know, we he was like, Amy, this this could be perfect. 
perfect. You know, I'll do the dentistry. You'll handle like the billing and insurance and all the nitty gritty nasty stuff. And I was like, okay, cool. Like, <laughs> that sounds great, actually. And um, I started. I started because um, I love business. I that's what I know, and that's what I can do and I didn't know any dentistry so I started um, learning dentistry and what that means and insurance behind it so I had this whole new exciting piece of work that I needed to learn as well as like a whole new industry and um, so that was kind of a fun fun learning curve and then um, the other thing is that you know in a small town um, his mother had grown up in Ogallala all her life and um, she's super involved and she's gotten me involved. So um, I'm now on like this Ogallala Regional Arts Council, which um, we kind of do grants to get money to um, bring arts to Ogallala. So different kinds of performances and concerts. Um, and with this town being such a um, small town, it really skews older. Um, but there are a lot of young families here. So um, we're kind of trying to change the way that we um, reach children, um, especially early childhood. Um, we're trying to really kind of expand and change the way that we are using our money and our grant money um, to reach other kids. It's been fun, I, you know, and there's actually a good amount of young families here. Um, so that's been fun as well. We've started to make lots of friends and whole new, I mean, because now I have all lots of time, um, we have a garden and we grow lots of food and we cook because there's no thing to eat around here. And, and oh, yeah, so we, that sounds fun though. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> So it's been like an adventure. Um, I get to plant flowers and all those fun things because I have time for it. You know, Justin's always loved to cook because obviously he grew up here, so his parents love cooking. Um, but I've always, I used to say that in Chicago, like, I don't even have time to cook. You know, I, I think when he opened up my fridge one time, he was like, Amy, what do you eat? I was like, <laughs> there's a can of beans and some cheese. I make pork quesadillas all the time. <laughs> here it's like you know it, it's so different like okay let's make a meal and we make meals for the week and we learn to cook and learn how to adapt and um use our own foods and we just love recipes so um we bought a cow we bought a pig and they're all in our freezer what? Fun, fun. so it's just a different lifestyle but um allows us to be connected and allows us to change and allows us to um learn we really like that freedom I just, I love in what you're saying that you weren't um, stopped by like the form of things. And so often, I mean, myself, I'll own it. Like, I think that I would be bored in a small town, but it's really, you know, if you're a driven person and you want to make an impact, you can do that anywhere. And if anything, it's like you almost have more of an opportunity to get your fingers in things when it's a smaller town, whereas in a big city, it's like, you know, there's a millions of people that want to do the same thing and it becomes, you know, well, I'm not going to make it be anything that it isn't. Like both can be opportunities and it just seems like you've totally taken on the opportunity instead of just going to a town and being like, there's no food. You're like, okay, I'll make my food. I'll grow my food. I'll buy it. You know, I'll like, it's just, it's super inspiring. Um, 
to not let the form of things stop you from being who you are. I know. Well, people say all the time, how do you live in a small town? I'm like, there's Amazon. Like, maybe 15 <laughs> yes. ago, you know, but it really is possible to live anywhere. And when you have someone, um, a support system, you know, like my husband or like someone that works for you, like someone that you, you jive together, it really, the possibilities are endless. Mm-hmm. And um, so, yeah, it it is it's been a fun, fun journey. And now we have children. So that's another fun journey for us. I'm sure that keeps you busy too. That's a lot to handle. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. It's sometimes we're like, gosh, how could we have ever made it in a big city? And we probably would have been fine, but I think the stress levels, um, for us, you know, I don't think it's for everyone to live in the town of 5,000, but for us, this is the right choice. Um, for us to do this um, and feel like we have n- not as many stresses on our life. So, um, yeah, it's right for us. It's interesting because of all the people that we've talked to, like a common thread, and Janelle, tell me if you disagree, but the common thread that I've always heard from people is that there has been this other partner with them. So that when one of the mm-hmm. two doubted or was unsure or felt shaky, Um, there's ebbs and flows where one is up and one is down and the ability to find that solid partner. And that doesn't just mean a life partner, but like Janelle and I can totally relate from a business standpoint. Um, you know, my brother started a business with his girlfriend and he says the same thing. Like, you know, he doesn't know what would happen if he had done it on his own, but for sure it probably wouldn't have been as fun or supportive or rich or expansive, you know? (laughs) So, yeah. I think, I mean, that it is, it's, it is so important to have that partner um, and also that flexibility with each other to like, uh, to change and evolve Mm -hmm. with each other um, and support each other during those times that you just feel like, okay, this isn't right. Or maybe this is right. And then you're like, oh yeah, it is. It all feels good. Um, But yeah, you do, support is um, really important. You know, it's funny that you say that because I, when you guys had originally reached out to me and um, told me about what the true north is, you know, I went to an early childhood seminar and they had said, you know, three things that are really important for children to have to, you know, to develop properly. They said you need a safe place, you need connection, and you need support that's not too confining, but also enough freedom to adapt and evolve. And I was like, gosh, that that's exactly what you need. You don't need to to live somewhere specific, you know, um, those three, if you have those three things with a partner or with a business, you know, you can, you can, you can thrive. Mm. So it's really cool. Yeah. I would love to know a little bit more about the dynamics of living in a small town as far as relationships go. I mean, obviously you are very close with your, your family, but is it like, does everyone know everyone, you know, is, is it that sort of small town or do you feel like, you know, I think sometimes when you live in a city and this is just me speaking from my own experiences, you can be just another face in the crowd, which is nice sometimes. (laughs) And then, you know, in a smaller town, whenever you go out, like people know you, do you like that? Or what's been your experience with that? I love it. I love, I love being 
I love seeing people that I know all the time. My husband, because he's, I mean, literally, he's in it all the time, seeing people and creating conversations. Sometimes he's like, oh, Amy, I can't go to the store today. Like, I can't. Because it is. It's a 45-minute mm-hmm. conversation when he runs into someone. So a five-minute trip ends up being like an hour. And it's all great. I I love it. I mean, I feel that's how I feel connected is, you know, seeing people that I know, um, relationships are totally different because, um, I don't know, I felt like when I lived in Chicago, you know, I stayed with the same people, which is amazing, um, but they're all similar in age, um, it's everyone's kind of younger. Here, I just, Justin just had his birthday last week, we went to a 60th um, birthday party that were friends of his parents, um, you know, you just can, you, you, your age range of friends, um, and acquaintances is just vast and um, you don't necessarily have um, the same group of people that you're hanging out with. Um, some of my nearest and dearest people that I love are, um, you know, senior citizens and, you know, Mary, his mom, um, actually plays bridge with a 90-year-old. She always talks about it. So you kind of have this um, wide age range which allows you to kind of I don't know learn different things and and grow in different areas um so that's been really fun but there's also um the young the young kids too like I'm we're probably our closest friends are some farmers um and they are 27 so a lot younger than I but she's probably my my best friend here so um that's been fun too. Um, you just kind of, you dive with who you dive with, not necessarily due to constrictions or um, constraints um, by age or um, by areas of interest. So. Oh, that's awesome. That sounds amazing. And then just even like you said, there's so much growth in that too. When we only hang out with people that are like us or around our age, it can be limiting to what you can learn and, you know, expanding that and speaking with people that have, you know, year, more years of wisdom or, you know, just different different experiences. That's where we can really grow and learn a little bit more about ourselves. Yeah. I mean, that's, I, and that's too, the other thing is that here, because we are like, like a shrinking community, um, there's not a lot of money around here. Um, so, you know, everyone everyone has different kinds of, um, I don't know, just I, I would say money is not necessarily something that grows on trees here. And there's not a lot of opportunity to have that. Um, so you have to be crafty and you have to be thoughtful um, in that um, because there's not, it's, it's not everyone's not the same and um there's different life experiences that everyone has and, and that's important that's important for justin and i with a business because you have to be thoughtful and and the patients and how you're treating them and um how you can bill and that because everyone has crazy stories and you know them you know all of their background and you know what happened if they lost a father if they lost a mother you know everything so 
it's 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 been interesting you know and like you said in a big city in Chicago even when I ran retail I knew maybe my employees backgrounds but I didn't know any of my customers really backgrounds and maybe sometimes we get into conversations like that but never to a point where you're seeing them on a repetitive basis or at the grocery store um so it's yeah it's definitely interesting but it's pretty cool it's really cool aim too because I you would think that like I'm going to go to a big city so that I can experience diversity. But I actually hear (laughs) that for you, and I can liken this for myself too, like in the big city, you kind of gravitated towards your comfort zones versus necessarily expanding into all the different communities that were there. But in this smaller town, it's so much like, it's like the shrunken down that you have so much more exposure to. And again, diversity, not necessarily, you know, maybe in the same extent as a city, but, you know, ages and people coming from different places and you're, you're getting more exposed to it because the city is actually smaller because the town is smaller. So it's kind of fascinating that a smaller place would give you more exposure to diverse people than being in a big city that is known for being diverse. Well, and I, yeah, I think you're totally right. I mean, it is for me, you know, I think sometimes like Rachel, like you're so great at, at, at knowing you for so long, you are great at kind of building communities in a big city. But for me, this was what I needed. Mm-hmm. Um, it's almost like, yes, the city was so cool, but I couldn't feel connected in some way um, as, as well as I can in a smaller town. Um, and for me, this feels good, you know, it it just is right. So it's amazing. It's my, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love it so much. Like you just know yourself and I've seen you blossom and I love that it's been under, um, under a a form that you might not expect that to have so much opportunity and you've just made so much like your life and the story that you're sharing with us today is so rich and deep and um I don't know it's just it's really cool to be able to hear it and to be able to share it with hopefully people who might be living in a smaller town or and feeling bad about it you know like I love celebrating that there's actually a ton you can do in any place that you are and it almost feels like it's more of a mindset than anything else so so I appreciate it well thank you for allowing me to share it Mm -hmm. so yeah and I have a question so as you you know the podcast is called the true north collective when you think about living your true north and Um, how you've been able to keep living your true north, what has allowed you, you know, is there a phrase or a word that um, is like a compass for you to, to keep living your true north? Thinking about it, I, I have said, and this is truly how I feel, but I, and probably because of my journey and everything, but I think whenever and wherever um, you are, it's the ability to be, to be in that moment and, and say, okay, this is my true North. And, um, it changes. It's never, it's always evolving. And that's where Justin and I, I feel like we support each other in that because we're not, we're not stigmatizing 
us to stay as one certain person. Mm-hmm. Um, we're constantly in growth and change, and we're able to say, okay, this is my true north right now. This is what I want, want to do, and um, this is where I feel best, and, and that's okay. Justin, I don't even know where we're going to end up in our lives. Are we going to stay in Ogawa forever? I have no idea. <laughs> but we might, or we might move, I don't know, to Hawaii, or we might move, I don't know, we, we really have this ever-evolving, um, as we gain knowledge, as we, as we read, as we grow, um, as our children grow, we, we don't know, um, and that's okay, that's our true north. Um, so. Yeah, it sounds like a real openness and acceptance of like, being open exactly where you are. It's really cool. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Eam, is there anything else you would want to add or do you feel complete? I feel pretty complete. Cool. <laughs> well, thank you yes. so much. Like this <laughs> yes, was, yeah, this was amazing. Um, I mean, I always love talking to you and it's an honor to be able to share your story on a larger platform. Um, well, larger, quote unquote. <laughs> um, but just to yes. share your story, even with larger. Janelle. <laughs> um, no, I love this. I actually really appreciate this. This is like, we always talk about timing and the town I'm moving to is not 5,000 people, but it's smaller than what I'm used to. So it's refreshing to hear another perspective on a slower, smaller town life. Yeah. You'll love it. <laughs> I think I'm going to. I'm I think like, you are too. Said, I'm like, yeah, I think I'm going to yeah. like it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. What's so cool about, it's California, right? Yeah. Central oh. Coast. Yeah. What's so cool about it is like the amount of flowers and fruit trees and all the cool things you can Dude, grow all out. of it. There's mountains. Yeah. There's desert. There's water. Yeah. There's. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I know when I was talking to some people too, it's like, I always think, oh, in the city, you can do all these things. You have all these options, da-da-da-da. And, like, then I think about it. I've been living downtown in a decent-sized city, and I don't take advantage of any of it because that's not actually what I like to do. <laughs> you know, like, like I don't go – I mean, I'll go to, to restaurants, but, like, I very rarely go to a bar. I live, like, right next to a sports arena. I could literally walk there, and I haven't gone to a single game <laughs> since I've lived here. You know, so it's kind of funny when I think you take a step back, we all say we like to have options, but they don't actually correlate with my interests. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I would much rather be somewhere that I can go on a hike or, you know, do something active outdoors. It's all its all about what you enjoy, which mm-hmm. I think comes back to what we always talk about on here in the True North Collective is it's your True North. It's what you want out of life and you just have to find the people and the place to fulfill that. So cool. Well, congrats. I know. I can't, I can't wait, Janelle. And now you've got a new friend to talk to when you're like, what am I doing? Exactly. <laughs> I know everyone. I do. And I agree, too, with the small town because I kind of, and maybe this is, like, vain of me, but, like, I sort of like being known. Like, it makes you feel a little special when, like, you just go places and, like, like oh, people know who I am, you know? I mean, I know who they are, too, so it's. Well, and you know. it gives you a smile throughout the day of like someone, you know, it's like I see the same cashier all the time. And they're like, oh, oh, how are the kids? Where are they today? You know, it's just that conversation, which I remember I loved, like when I go to the same Starbucks in Chicago and I could have the same barista, you know, and yeah. have that conversation. 
but it's so nice. I, I have that everywhere. So yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like, oh, hey, there's another person I know and they know me and we'll talk. It, yeah, I was, I don't know, but it is, it's nice. It's connection. It's probably not vanity, it's but it's more just that we like to be connected with people. But I know it's, it is, it's just like refreshing sometimes when you see a smiling face that you know, and it sort of forces you to, I think, to be in some ways like in a better mood or better person kind of because you know people that you care about that you respect they're around you and I've been in like a terrible mood and then you yeah run into someone at a coffee shop and you're like well I'm not gonna be grouchy to them like I'm gonna be you know a nice decent person and typically just talking to them or seeing them it cheers you up anyway and then you're in a better mood already rather than you know bumping into a stranger on the street and just having that add to your annoyance (laughs) exactly (laughs) <laughs> very cool well thank you so much this was fantastic Amy really appreciate it Amy if there was anyone that wanted to reach out to you what's the best way for them to reach you whether it's for personal reasons or I don't know maybe about dentistry or moving to a small town or Ogallala or yeah. even the arts council <laughs> yes exactly <laughs> that's an interesting process um, you can email me or cool. they can email me it's Amy A-M-Y Lynn, L-Y-N-N, Peters, P-E-T-E-R-S, 82 at gmail.com. Perfect. And we'll put it in the show notes too. So, Awesome. All right. Well, thank you, Amy. Yeah. Have a good rest of your Saturday, you guys. And that concludes another episode of the True North Collective podcast. For more from Rachel and I, you can check us out on Instagram at the True North Collective underscore. Otherwise, tune in next week as we continue to hear stories from everyday people fearlessly finding their true north. Until then, we'll see you later.